Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, and welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. A lot's happened this week. A special counsel report on Biden retaining classified documents concluded that there was no evidence he did anything criminal and wouldn't be charged. This is, of course, in contrast to Trump, who flaunted his classified documents to the point where the only way he would piss off the National Archives more would be if he streaked through the building. <laughs> During a speech over the weekend, Trump said that if he lost the election, that they would change the name of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, which may work that way. His supporters would be able to spell the new name. <laughs> Marianne Williamson suspended her presidential campaign in the Democratic primary. When did she start? <laughs> This is a good move. If she wants to help shore up those anti-Biden Democratic votes, maybe she can help Dean Phillips get to the point in the polls 
where you can see the little bar on the poles without needing a magnifying glass. <laughs> Hell, maybe she can get Dean Phillips to a full 5% of the Democratic vote. Former Maryland Governor Larry Hogan announced that he'll be running for the U.S. Senate seat uh, this November in an effort to replace the state's retiring Democratic Senator Ben Cardin. I'm not sure he's, he can successfully win in a post-Trump Maryland, even in a post-Trump Republican primary, considering he's the only cancer patient I know who went through treatment and still failed to lose weight in the process. Oh, ouch. <laughs> Florida Congressman Matt Gates said he wouldn't watch the Super Bowl because it featured the song Lift Every Voice and Sing, also known as the Black National Anthem. This is the same guy who would only watch the Miss Teen USA pageant if it took place in his bedroom. <laughs> Robert F. Kennedy Jr. apologized for misusing his family's images in a Super Bowl commercial. No word on whether he'll apologize for not being the Kennedy Jr. who took flying <laughs> lessons. <laughs> a leaked video of the rapper Drake playing with his penis made the rounds on Twitter X. Now I know what he meant when he sang the lyric, we go zero to 100 real quick. <laughs> a woman in Catonsville, Maryland, celebrated her 109th birthday by playing bingo. I'm glad she's having fun. More power to her. She's doing something she enjoys. It's very low key. I hope she keeps it low key and doesn't get too excited when she wins and yells out, bingo! Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> And now on with the show. Please join me in welcoming Jeff Heisen, Gina Brown, and Chip Jones. Hello. Hey, Tom. Everyone, hey, Tom. welcome back. Thank you. Uh, you Gina, uh, haven't had you around for a couple weeks. Uh, you've been you've been pretty busy. Tell us about it. I've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um I was one of the four finalists for uh, Sherry's Funny Over 50. So um, we competed, well, the se first semifinal round happened last week and I competed with another woman um, on the show um, in front of the live studio audience and then it um, aired on Friday and I won my semifinal. So I will go up against whoever wins this week's semifinal. And so it's just going to be you and uh, you and two. It's going to be and you one and other person, right. right? So yeah. you win that. You win this one, and then you go up against the winner of I think this week, uh, yeah. Man City or Real Madrid, like one of those, <laughs> like, like something like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> the Man City Real Madrid thing. That's, that's just right. to appeal to my European listeners because for some reason they they seem to like what I have to say about. American politics, I think. There you go. Yeah. Well, it's entertaining. That's right. nothing else. I think what we really need to get to is I heard you were using a fake ID that uh, <laughs> made you. Uh... Oh, to be over 50? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, believe me, nobody pretends to be over 50. <laughs> well done, Gina. Thank you. Thank you. One, uh, one correction, though, you. I think you misrepresented Drake. I believe he was on Twitter triple X, I think is what. <laughs> the Super Bowl must have been a rough game for conservatives and Trump supporters to watch. On the one hand, 
you have Taylor Swift's boyfriend's team. On the other hand, you have a team whose home is a sanctuary city. <laughs> That's enough to give one of them an aneurysm. And to those who say I shouldn't joke like that because someone actually could have an aneurysm over that, <laughs> good. <laughs> Prior to the AFC championship game where they were set to take on the Kansas City Chiefs, my hometown team, the Baltimore Ravens, posted a video on their Twitter X feed featuring a caricature of a Ravens fan by podcaster and comedian, from what some people tell me, Stavros Halkias. <laughs> if you want to imagine what the video looked like, imagine someone who looked like he was conceived at and born nine months later at the sewage treatment facility in Dundalk. And then imagine him doing a caricature of a Ravens fan. If that's too much of a visual for you, then just imagine what it looks like when a dead body actually eats the maggots. No wonder the officials made the calls they did against the Ravens. They were like, who do we want at the Super Bowl, Taylor Swift or this guy? <laughs> even Lamar Jackson saw that video and said, what the fuck am I even playing for? <laughs> In a way, Stavros Halkias is the archetypal Baltimore sports fan, an overweight, balding racist. The same person at the Baltimore Ravens organization who thought it was a good idea to post the Stavros Halkias video was likely the same person who said, hey, Lamar Jackson can do a great job at running the ball in this probably the most important lead up to the Super Bowl. The loss was felt hard in Baltimore. It was so bad at one point that no one could play a Taylor Swift song at a jukebox at a bar lest they be attacked by a tire iron. Although to be fair, we do that anyway because whenever we're at a bar, we start off drunk as fuck. <laughs> I know given the time of the year, one of the panelists who I have on this show is going to be tempted to sing something, eh? but I am putting my foot down. So no, Jeff, you are not singing Meet the Mets on this podcast. <laughs> Darn it. Joining us tonight to discuss the phenomenon that is Taylor Swift, please join me in welcoming Chelsea Abispa. Hey. hey. Chelsea, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You're looking very swifty. I mean, you got oh to... my gosh, right? Yeah, I look a little it. psycho, like I'm trying to look like her, don't I? <laughs> this is unrelated. I I actually am a natural brunette. I dyed my hair for a Rocky Horror Picture Show shadow cast thing, <laughs> and and yeah, and the red go Chiefs. Well, if you're if if you're if your attempt was to look psycho, you fit in very well on this show. <laughs> so that's. Good. <laughs> I'm very happy that you did that. So Chelsea, I think I, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because like I like I I get why someone like what would be would be into Taylor Swift like I, and then there's like people respect her a lot as a musician. Like she quickly has like she's quickly be, uh, become one of the fastest grossing musicians uh in the modern era. Like it's almost mm -hmm. reached I mean, it has and surpassed Beatles era. And then when she, in, in the process, she's voiced her political opinions and all, and come out in favor of, came out in favor of uh, women's rights and, and just uh, um, at the risk of alienating a lot of her fans. It doesn't really seem to have, it doesn't really seem to have done that. In fact, it's kind of, uh, in fact, it's kind of strengthened her. Would you, would you say that would be the case? Yeah, I mean, everybody likes somebody who can take a stand. And with her starting, I think, with the country roots, everybody just assumed 
that she was more conservative. And um, I remember her documentary, Miss Americana, where she, you know, um, her not her original home state, Pennsylvania, but her home state of Tennessee, there was some senator that was running and had some really messed up political ideologies. And that was Marsha, when she Marsha came Blackburn, out. Republican, yeah. Yeah, that that's, was that's the one. in Miss America, she said she called Marsha Blackburn Trump with a wig. And <laughs> I liked I well liked said. Taylor Swift even before that, but uh I became a Swifty after that. Yeah. Yeah. And she's yeah, she she has a lot of reasons to take the stance she takes and she always voices them well too. It's not obligatory. I think it also has to do with the fact that the, the decade that we're in, and I think is the sort of the extreme nature of the situation, like the how divisive mm -hmm. politics have gotten mm -hmm. and how and how toxic it's been as well. Because I'm I think well, I'm I'm old enough to remember it was then the Dixie Chicks, they were from Texas. They came out and took a stand against uh the, uh, then against George W. Bush. Right. Uh oh yeah. Yeah. And and they 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 took a lot of flack. They faced a lot of boycotts. They faced a lot of uh they faced a lot of protests uh for that. And do you think like I think that's that's one of the benefits, I think, of sort of a, a, a toxic political culture. If you, I, I use, uh, I, I use the word benefit very, very loosely here. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's, it's one of the benefits of that, that have, that have, that have become, uh, that have made people become more tolerant about celebrities expressing their, expressing their points of view. Chelsea, mm -hmm. tell me, tell uh, about last year when she urged her fans to vote. Um, I mean, especially with everything that happened with COVID and it being a um, midterm election, you know, it's not as it's not as common, I think, for millennials. At least she has a lot of millennial fans, definitely some in other generations, too. But, um, you know, I know personally, I've only ever followed like the, the big presidential elections. So I think it's just she's trying to raise awareness that um, especially even on the local level, that that's where you can really make a change. There is the risk of alienating your target audience with a political stance, but in the age of Trump, Taylor Swift shows why such rules do not apply, as we can see in this clip from her 2020 behind-the-scenes documentary. These aren't your dad's celebrities, and these aren't your dad's Republicans. Well, imagine if we came to you and said, hey, we've got this idea that we could halve the number of people that come to you next to it. The other thing, just from a security so you standpoint, think Taylor Swift comes out against Trump. I don't care if they write that. It really is a big deal. She votes against against fair pay for women. She votes against the reauthorization of the of the Violence Against Women Act, which is just basically protecting us from domestic abuse and stalking, stalking. She votes. She thinks that that if you're a gay couple, or even if you look like a gay couple, you should be allowed to be kicked out of a restaurant. It's really basic human rights, and it's right and wrong at this point. And I can't see another commercial and see her disguising these policies behind the words Tennessee Christian values. Those aren't Tennessee Christian values. I live in Tennessee. I am Christian. That's not what we stand for. Behind those words and behind those 
god awful pizza cutters with their campaign logo on it. <laughs> and throw back to throw back to another episode, which you can which you can go ahead and listen to. But yeah. it does seem it, it does seem to be this tired old formula that I've that I've I've witnessed over and over again. And it's not just like Taylor Swift has seen it, but I think like every one of us at some point as well, if you go ahead and, and you do this, you go ahead and, and you take this particular stance, it, there's always that risk of you mean, you're going to lose half your audience, half the right. audience when like even like it's, it's shown that only right. like, like half the audience even has an opinion about that kind of, that is one opinion. I think 40 some percent of the electorate they're either independents, they don't identify with the political party, or or they don't vote at all. Was one of those her father, Chelsea? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the way she stood up to him and the other guy, so she, impressive. She is an eldest daughter. Right. But, yeah. I mean, she's, she's also a, a billionaire. Uh, you know, she's a, she's a, she's a, uh, uh, you know, entrepreneur, businesswoman, a billionaire yeah, businesswoman. She, I mean, she, she's made her she's family making, more money. She's making decisions all the time. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. You know, One of the things it. I love about her most is her, like her business decisions and yeah. how she just moves in. Um, I mean, Tom mentioned the toxic political environment. I mean, she's no stranger to toxic environments. <laughs> and I think so, her. But her her estimated net worth, I think, is one point one billion uh, American dollars. Like, even if you were to lose half of that, that's still more than nice, nice piece than, of change. Still more than five hundred million is is pretty good. And so you know nice. what? Yeah. If she, even, even if she spoke up, she still has that money, and she just made seventy five million dollars by selling the rights to her concert film for her eras tour mm. to disney she just sold 75 million dollars mm-hmm. yeah i don't think she's i think at a certain point when you stand for something it it separates you're not concerned about the money especially if you have a ton of it like right. it doesn't matter at this point it's really she just wants to she's in a position to uh use her platform to share share what you know is important for her generation and women and others in general so she should do it mm-hmm. she has a lyric that says someday i'll be big enough that you can't hit me that's it yeah. and uh, she sure is well the good news is i'm not going to go ahead and play any clips of donald trump trashing taylor swift the bad news i'm going to go ahead and do my rendition of trump reading one of his social media posts that he wrote (laughs) about Taylor Swift. And it goes as follows. I signed that was responsible for the Music Modernization Act for Taylor Swift and all other musical artists. Joe Biden didn't do anything for Taylor, never will. There's no way she can endorse blah, 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 blah. Horseshit, blah, 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 blah. Most corrupt president, disloyal to the man. Besides that, I like her boyfriend, Travis, blah, 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 blah. Even though he may be a liberal... Or more horse shit, more horse shit, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I mean, it's, that, that probably wasn't an accurate uh, rendition. But, you know, I wanted to go ahead and try and make it you know, a, a little authentic. Wow. 
Yeah, he he always acts like anytime he does something, he anything anytime he does something, he thinks you should be uh, forever. You owe him. Yeah. You owe it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and and she he didn't do that for her. He probably didn't know what he was signing. Right. He probably yeah. thought it was an order for Big Max. <laughs> you know. You know. What's interesting about that statement though is uh, I think there was only one eye in there. I, I don't think I've ever seen. Anything that he ever posted, it only had a one eye in it. <laughs> but there were a lot of adjectives to describe uh, everybody else, Joe. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. I, I think I found the second one. There's a yeah. second one. <laughs> well, maybe the court mandated therapy is working. <laughs> it doesn't take much for right wing media and its sympathizers to attack one of Donald Trump's targets, especially if said target is a woman, a successful one. Who expresses an opinion that can't fit on a bumper sticker, much less one where all the words are spelled correctly. <laughs> Here's a compilation of clips detailing their theories about Taylor Swift's success. Taylor Swift, a government psyop? Now, it is possible that Taylor Swift, quite frankly, does not know that she is being utilized in a covert manner to swing voters. Last year, a single Instagram post led to 35,000 new voter registration. Think about this, uh, Carly, 45,000 battleground state votes decided the last election. Wow. So it does matter. There's that poll where 18% of the electorate says they would follow her endorsement and three out of 10 people under 35. Isn't it interesting? She just so happens to be dating Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey, better known as Mr. Pfizer, oh, who's now also going to the Super Bowl. Let's be real here. This is bread and circuses on steroids. I heard more coherent thoughts <laughs> when I worked a graveyard shift at 7-Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, heard, I heard that Taylor Swift killed a man with piano wire. You know she's been <laughs> trained by the government. You can tell. And she didn't know she was doing it because she's being <laughs> controlled behind the scenes. Yeah. And Chelsea's not disputing it, so there could be something to that. She's, she's the new Jason Bourne. It could explain her powers on one hand. On the other hand, I think that they're more organic. I think she's just a witch, you know? Right. She'll never <laughs> escape those allegations in my mind. I love the, um, that they, there seems to be that they've uncovered something. She just so happens to be dating. Right. Like, <laughs> right. like okay. First of all, they're both good looking. And they're they're both really pretty known in their respective fields and outside of their fields. Imagine that they would date each other. <laughs> Do you know how he even shot his shot? He literally wanted to give her a friendship bracelet, with, which is her thing that her fans do yeah. at her concerts, right. with his number on it. And he didn't get a chance to, but he talked about it on his podcast. And I bet oh, it went viral right. enough for her to hear that's and amazing. her people got in touch with his people. Oh, I think that's what wow. happened. Right. The meet yeah. cute. I like that. Yeah. I mean, that's right. it's you're gonna they, try to date a pop star even as a very like talented yeah. popular football player. Yeah, shoot your shot. Yeah. Do something. Do, something. Do some grand gesture. I love it. I mean, I know to most, anyone out there who wants to date me, all I need is Royal Farms gift cards. <laughs> that's, right. that's enough to sell me. <laughs> that's it. The one thing that that sort of gets me. They do seem to be attaching this idea that, oh, well, Taylor Swift is doing this and she happens to be dating someone on the Chiefs. Like, I want to ask this, especially of Chelsea and Gina. Do you think that there's 
a hint of of sexism in that just because like they're they're going ahead and bringing up all this stuff and attaching the fact that oh she happens to be dating someone like i can't think of any male pop star who is say dating a female athlete that that they did that to mm. yeah i mean definitely i mean obviously there's, there's it's i'm not sure there's never any is that a double negative like I think <laughs> there's always always dripping with some ism Sexism, of, yeah, of sorts yeah and there, there's always an ism in there right. but yeah. I, I think it's it's just to me it's just so ludicrous that one of their attacks on her is that she convinced some people to sign up to use their constitutional right to vote. It's like, really? Yeah. That's, that's, a not a, that's not a get out the vote party. Get that's out a the horrible thing. I can't believe all... the nerve of her. Meanwhile, I think in 2016, a whole bunch of people, especially in rural areas, for the very first time or in a long time, came out and voted for who? Donald Trump. Right. Yeah, and not because of a get out the vote, I don't think. I mean, if you think of somebody pushing a get out the vote, it is never the Republican Party because as Jeff said earlier, like we, it's never gonna go in their favor. I think it was Jeff. It's Chip. never gonna go, it was Chip. Yeah, it's never gonna go in their favor because there's far more Dems in this country. So if all of them were to get out and actually vote, and that's why they wanted to up the the voting age as well, because they wanted the disease to not have the ability, the right. Z's who were also the falling Z's. into the the millennial Swifty thing. Right. Right. To be fair yeah. to the Republicans, they do want something to get out and it ain't the vote. Right. right. Well, I mean, I mean, the telling thing is that in the last eight presidential elections, uh, Democrats have won seven of them in the popular vote. Now, only 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 five times have they gotten the presidency, but right. <laughs> that, right. that, that's the trick of the game. But wow. and in some states like Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, like they there's a lot more votes for Democratic candidates, but the districts are so gerrymandered right. that more Republicans end up getting sent to uh, Washington or their respective state capitals. Yeah, it's it, it's all about the electoral college, but I'm I'm just saying, popular wise, the country votes Democratic overwhelmingly. Like I said, seven out of the last eight uh, elections, the right. popular vote went to the Democratic candidate. But let's look at how th th we have different perspectives here. Taylor Swift says, "Go vote, register, and go vote." Mm. That's a a a true uh, American patriot in my mind. Right. But people want to boycott her, don't want to see her on TV. Meanwhile, country star Morgan Whalen says the N-word, and he sells even more records right. than ever. Yeah. Meanwhile, absolutely. their stance on abortion just means that there's going to be far more young people voting Democrat because they're... <laughs> They're rejecting the inability for people to not have children. So yeah. the ones that come out are going to vote liberal. Not just abortion, but guns as well. That that's a right. big that's a big sticking point with them. All the kids that grew up in the worst gun violence in school are now at voting age. So yeah, what do they think is going to happen? Of course, if you think the objective of Rupert Murdoch's media empire is to stoke anti-Taylor Swift and thus anti-Biden sentiment. 
Let's not forget that they do want to push consumerism and corporate profits. As we can see in this excerpt from a Fox Business interview with the CEO of the sports betting app FanDuel. Smashing records off the field this weekend. Betting on the big game is hitting new highs. Nearly 68 million Americans are expected to put money on the Super Bowl with more than $23 billion in wagers, blowing out last year's record of $16 billion. And as of Friday, FanDuel Sportsbook has the 49ers favored by two and a half points. Joining me now is FanDuel CEO Amy Howe. Amy, it's great to have you here. I, I got to ask, what is driving this big demand this year? It is this the Taylor Swift effect or is it because we're expecting a great game? Well, uh, it's a little bit of everything, to be honest. You know, listen, every year, Super Bowl is the biggest sports event of the year. We're seeing all this well first off i'll go back to taylor swift for a second the fact that people are betting whether or not we're going to get a marriage proposal on the field at the super bowl uh and then obviously you know it, oh here's another one is she going to join the halftime show with usher we've got that then you've got okay is Usher? which song is he most likely going to sing or not sing when he does his halftime show i mean it just seems like the the types of bets that we're making are just expanding exponentially every year, especially this year. Well, there is. Um, to, to clarify, for a, a legal sports book like uh, FanDuel, it's only in Canada that you can actually bet on a, whether Taylor Swift, uh, the proposal is going to happen. Um, but there's, uh, there's a ton in store. And I think, listen, one of the great things that Taylor Swift has done is she's brought more women to the sport of football and uh, we're seeing huge engagement numbers with women betters as well uh, in, in part as a result of it so um, all goodness from my from my perspective I mean the mm -hmm. the anchor there was clearly trying to push right narrative it's like it's like well all, all this demand for sports betting like this right. has to be Taylor Swift <laughs> and, and the and the uh, CEO is going I was like no they're legit is a bunch of degenerates out there who are willing to spend all this money. And then she goes ahead and tries and shoehorns Taylor Swift. And even the, the CEO of FanDuel is like, no, no. <laughs> there is a huge gambling problem in this country. It's not a Taylor Swift problem. Yeah. As, someone who, who, as someone who made $100 on a four-team parlay, a four-part a four part parlay on Sunday, it had nothing to do with Taylor Swift. Right. Well, I want to I want to thank you for outing me. Uh, I guess I have to admit, yeah, I did watch a lot of Fox News before, and that's why I mentioned FanDuel because it was on there quite a bit. So, <laughs> but no, and no. I, what was interesting, Chelsea? I don't know if you know this. On DraftKings, they had a separate tab for the Swifties. That's what it said, and they had special bets combinations. There were still bets anybody could do, but they had combinations of bets involving Travis Kelsey. It's mm. for the Swifties. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so they're trying to get Swifties not only into football, but into sports betting. There you go. I honestly, though, I mean, I, I'm sure that there's plenty of people that abuse gambling, but I, I do have some friends that are actually pretty good at it. You know, like if you are good at statistical analysis and you're, conservative in your bets sometimes you can make rent on a bet <laughs> and on that note 
That's our show. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Gina Brown, Chip Jones, and Chelsea Abispa. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen, Gina Brown, and Chip Jones, and guest Chelsea Abispa. Theme music composed and arranged by Jeroen Vandermeer. Executive producers Tom Myers, Matt Connerton for IPM Nation, and Eddie Carson for Odyssey Radio. Please leave a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast's Patreon for early access to episodes, ad-free episodes, extended episodes, bonus clips, and more. Thank you for listening, and please visit TomMyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Race. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, Funny Productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.